Hi there, my name is Ian McNaughton, and this is episode five of the last great Stanley Cup Finals. I chat with Jevin Lafave from Left Side Heavy, the podcast, to discuss game five of the 2011 Stanley Cup Finals, where the Vancouver Canucks defeated the Boston Bruins 1-0, thanks to a game-winning goal from Maxime Lapierre. Yeah, that, that's right. That's right. Lapierre got the game-winning goal in game five. Uh, it's a really great episode. We talk about different broadcasters we like and dislike. Uh, we talk about Lapierre scoring a game-winning goal and the Stanley Cup Finals, and we just have a great conversation about the series as a whole. Uh, it, it's an awesome episode. I, I'm very thankful that Jevin was able to take the time to do this. Uh, be sure to tune in to episode six on Sunday night and episode Sunday on Tuesday night, which is episode six will come out on June 13th, and then episode seventh will come out on June 15th. Thank you very much for all your support. We hope you've been enjoying the episodes, and make sure to enjoy this one as we talk with Jevin about game five. If you're on YouTube, if you watch us on YouTube, uh, be sure to like this video and subscribe to the channel. Uh, if you're watching uh, elsewhere, I don't know how. Uh, but if you are listening on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, be sure to give us a subscribe and a following there. Thank you again for all your support. It's greatly appreciated. Now, sit back and enjoy the episode. All right, welcome back to the last great Stanley Cup Finals, episode five, with uh, my boy Jevin Lefebvre over at Left Side Heavy Pod. First of all, Jevin, thank you very much for taking the time to do this. Um, as we can tell by your jersey and hat combo, we know who you're rooting for in this <laughs> series. Uh, yes, sir. But first of all, when I mention the 2011 Stanley Cup Finals, what's the first thing that comes to mind for you? Um. And tears and depression and just like remembering the reason why I hate the Bruins so much. But what comes to mind is the Sedins because that was Daniel's Ted Lindsay year. And then it was just like Canucks took the year by storm, especially I was looking at the awards of 2011 and Daniel was second for the Hart. Luongo was third for the Vesna. Kessler won the Selkie. Gillis won GM of the Year. Malholtra was like fifth in Selkie. And then Daniel won the Ted Lindsay. So it was just like Canucks were almost in every single award that was given out except the Norris. So it was like probably the best year Canucks have ever had, but unfortunately it just ended poorly. So we, we've gone through four games now. At this point, the series yeah. is tied at 2-2. Um, do you have a favorite moment from the, the finals or even just the playoff run, whether it's the Burroughs goal or the Bieksa goal? Do you, do you have a favorite moment from that run of games? I love Burroughs' um, – was it game – his game two quick OT winner? Yes. Yeah, game that two. One was, that one was electric because you were, like, basically – going to the bathroom right before OT started and you come out and it's over. So it happened like eight seconds in, but that one was electric. And I remember in, I know getting ahead, but game seven, I was over at my buddy's house and we like, 
that run of games, I would always have like Stanley Cup parties at my house and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But then like he decided to have one. So then we were just like kind of playing street hockey and during intermissions and stuff. And game seven, it was just like tough ending. So it was like, yeah, it was just, uh, I think the Burroughs quick OT goal was one of my favorites just because it was like, yo, we're up to nothing. We're halfway there. It's just, it gave us so much hope. But the the uh, the best part about the Burroughs goal was that watching on the CBC feed, like they didn't even, you know, when they like they they show something at the beginning, like an ad or whatever, like say it's yeah. Applebee's or something, and then they put up the graphic, like the score graphic, and they didn't even yeah. have time to do that because Burroughs just scored ten seconds into the first OT. They didn't even have time to put the yeah. graphic up. It's just like, oh, Canucks won. All right, cool. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes the commentators don't even come in and say anything until like the ad is completely done and over with so no yeah it was amazing how a bounce went our way and tim thomas bit on that pump fake and burrows it was actually like when you look at it it was a very impressive very impressive goal that he scored because that's not an easy tuck that he did it's an it's a high yeah. iq play yeah. It's a high IQ play to like fake it and then recognize, oh shit, I don't have the angle here. Yeah. And then you go around and you just do the wrap around. Yeah. But... So so pretty much uh fun facts in this game, uh for game five is uh Tanner Glass got over five minutes of total ice time in this game. Yeah, how did you like how do you know I couldn't find the box score for this? It's game. hockey it was... reference. You just go through ho- I... go to ho- I, I did, and I couldn't find shit. I can see if I can add it here. But pretty much uh, Tanner Glass got over five minutes of uh, a play, which is really cool. Um, basically, air, air outside of actual goalies, so Luongo played all 60 minutes, of course. Uh, Airhoff led the team in total ice time with 24-36, and then Bieksa, Salo, Edler uh, rounded out. And, Airhop, Bexa, Salo, Salo, Edler, and Kessler round out the top five of guys who played over 20 minutes in that game for the Canucks. Um, pro- I would say probably the best moment in this game, which is it was kind of like game one, which was kind of a boring game. Uh, the Canucks won one nothing with thanks to uh, Maxime Lapierre goal. Yeah. But Lapierre's goal is probably the highlight, the best moment of this game because we got a goal. And it was kind of a nice goal too, a little, a little sneaky good goal. Yeah, if Tim Thomas almost had that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he almost had that. He almost had that. Um, other good moments from this game. I mean, there's there's not a lot. It's kind of like game one where there's not a lot happening. There's not a lot of scoring. Yeah. Um, Tom, Tim Thomas still had the 960 save percentage in this game. Luongo stops all 31 of the Canucks shot or all the Bruins shots. Um. Do you remember anything specifically from game five that stands out to you or, or as, as a good moment from a Canucks perspective outside of the Lapierre goal? I mean, so I was looking at a quick highlight package of this game and I saw that the Bruins were putting on pressure multiple, multiple times. And what impressed me the most was that the Canucks didn't back down because they tend to, they have tendencies of, like kind of parking the bus when pressure is amongst them. And then that's when they usually give up big goals and everything. And I saw that in 
this game that despite uh, the pressure and chances that the Canucks were giving up, they still had counterattacks and they were still playing aggressive amongst the Bruins defensemen. So that was something I was very impressed about. Uh, I was going to say, all. I was going to say uh, from this game, the, the Bruins did a nice job back in, in, in uh, Boston of like really pressuring the Canucks and really putting the force on them. And then they come to Vancouver and then Vancouver finally gets some momentum, finally gets some advantages going their way. Uh, they, they had five penalties in the game compared to Boston's four. So Vancouver got an extra penalty compared to Boston, but uh, I know what you mean when in, ter- in terms of advantage and momentum and just like trying to put the pressure on for 60 minutes. You know, it's a cliche, but trying to put the pressure on for 60 minutes and it's not easy to do so in a playoff game. But Yeah, exactly. So worst moments from this game. I don't have a lot of worst moments from this game. Um, I do think it's kind of funny that Hank gets an interference call uh Burroughs gets an unsportsmanlike conduct in this panel, in this game. Um, Burroughs and Lucic both got two minutes. Burroughs got an unsportsmanlike. Lucic got a tripping penalty. I thought that's kind of funny, considering that's a better trade-off for the Bruins, <laughs> I would think, than the yeah. Canucks. But, um, I mean, Lucic led the team in scoring that year. Yeah, he was up there in point, like tied for the team lead in points. Yeah, that 60, 62 points. So, I mean, the trade-off isn't necessarily – crazy because i mean lucic had more points and canucks with a better roster so i mean lucic was a wagon that year so i'm curious to know your thoughts uh we've had this conversation earlier in the pot in the series but milan yeah. lucic as a player how, how do you feel about lucic as a player in, in his career not just in boston like career? now he's in calgary calgary but career-wise your thoughts on milan lucic he he was Tom Wilson before Tom Wilson. Mm. And then now he's just turned into a older Ryan Reeves. Okay. But he was a guy, he was one of those players where I'd love him on my team, but I hate playing against him. That's like the same with Marshawn and uh, Tom Wilson and stuff like that. So he's... He jumps and hops in there. He's not a dirty player. He's just a very – he lost his uh, legs a bit just as, like, he's gotten older and stuff like that. I saw this trade going around uh, not too long ago about Louie for Lucic, like one bad contract for another. And I would have still taken that because despite the extra year, six mil – at least he brings something other than sitting in the press box that Louie does. Lucic can hit and, like, at least fight some people and stand up for people, whereas Louie doesn't do shit. I, th- but, I was going to say, I think Lucic does more than score empty net goals. That, that's the thing. Yeah, exactly, that, and that score Lu- on our own net. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I, I I wouldn't mind that trade. I'd probably do that trade if I, if I, was, the, yeah. uh, if I was the Canucks. But... I mean, just that extra year that he had on his contract that's kind of dicey. Well, the weird the weird part was that so he went to LA, right? And LA was kind of in the downswing as he was yeah. like they weren't the same team. 
it was never going to work in Edmonton trying to be like the McSorley to McDavid's Gretzky. Like it, it wasn't going to happen there. And yeah. Calgary's just a weird team where they're not really rebuilding, but they're not really good enough to be a championship contender. So you're kind of just stuck on the fence as to what to actually do in Calgary. Um, I, I, I've said this before. I like Lucic, the player. I like what he brought to Boston. It's yeah. just the game has just gone away from what he does. And his no, that's set. fair. That's so, fair. It, it's it's a it's a difficult one to discuss. Um, who's the guy on Boston that you hate the most? Like of all these players on the Bruins, anybody on the 2011 roster, who do you hate the most? Uh, let me open this hockey reference again. Let me just look at the team. Because I mean, really quick. I I'm a neutral party in this. I root for the Red Wings. I don't have a. I don't have. I mean. I like I like Marshawn. I think he, you know, he's gotten better. Like he had. A I mean, good... I think the guy I hated the most was Tim Thomas. Ooh, that's a good pick, actually. He he was a rat. That guy sucked, and it's really it's really unfortunate to see, like where he is right now because I understand that he's going through tough times and he went through a spell where he wasn't communicating people with, for like years and stuff, and he was battling with a lot of mental like a some sort of mental illness I, yeah. for lack of a better term but i mean and during this cup run tim thomas was an absolute asshole he would slash guys in the back of the legs for no reason then he'd jump out of his crease 10 feet and then look for penalties and he would guy would just be skating across chasing the guy behind the net and he just blocker them in the chin so it's like that guy was a absolute rat and then another guy i just like I hated playing against, not so much like the player. I just like Lucic, man. He just he kind of bullied a lot of um, the Canucks players, and it was like hard for us to kind of counter. So, but yeah, Tim Thomas is sitting at the top of my list. I I thought uh, I don't know. I thought it was funny. Again, I, I I'm a third party. I don't really care who wins this. Like I'm not a Canuck like not a Canucks fan, not a Bruins fan. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. I did think it was kind of funny. The top. So there's two, there's two plays I talked about where Thomas shoves Sedin. If you remember, like Sedin's going right in front of him in Boston in game three. And Thomas just goes out of his way just to cross check him as he's skating by, not even playing the puck or anything like a clear interference call. Uh, Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. But because it's the playoff, we don't call anything. Right. So it's fair. game. Yeah. And then especially the, back then. Especially back then, like 10 years ago, where we're really yeah. not calling anything, let the guy and letting the guys play. But then the other play I, I thought was funny was game four. It, when uh Burroughs first chops his stick, but it's not as serious as when Thomas retaliates by just absolutely fucking hacking him right in the ankles. That's what and I'm it, saying. Like it, I don't know. I just find it funny. I just find the like <laughs> the, the, the chaos to be entertaining. Um, it's, it's hard to chirp the guy because he won the Vesna that year. So it's like, fuck. I don't know. There's like, there's not much. Like that's why we needed a player like Lucic. But I mean, Maxime Lapierre was our guy that year. Lapierre and Torres. Um... I. Torres was just suspended all the time. <laughs> that well, so I'll I'll bring that up with you. I asked. Uh... Uh, Scott this earlier, but yeah. if Lapierre and Torres are on the same line in 2021, like over under 
four games until one of them gets supplemental discipline. Are you taking the over or the under on that? So supplemental discipline, is that a fine? Like a fine well? or a suspension. Oh, under. Just, yeah. Under. <laughs> <laughs> under. Like, you're like watching this like 10 years ago. It's just like, holy shit, these guys did a lot of stupid stuff. Yeah. And and nowadays oh, it's man. like, they're, even player safety gets their critics today. Yeah. But Yo, that Seabrook hit. <laughs> Torres would be banned for life if he did that <laughs> in this day. <laughs> um yeah worst moments from this game i don't have a lot of worse moments i mean there's a kind of a weak adam McQuaid holding penalty which i mean like i don't know holding can be a bit justified it's, i don't know it's a yeah, bit subjective. It's, yeah exactly it's kind of ref's discretion at that point and then andrew albert who is playing as a depth guy because uh hamuse is injured in this and series rome is sussied Rome very very sus. Uh, yeah. Albert gets a, a kind of another weak roughing penalty, which the whole series has been rough since about game two after yeah. the Burroughs incident, like the Burroughs biting incident. So I mean, yeah. I don't know. It. I don't have any really worse moments. Again, I think. How do I put this? So, I think we we do have a lot of low scoring games in the NHL, especially in the regular season, like a lot of three, two, two, one games that are kind of defensive battles. There's not a whole lot happening, but I think game one and game five are really good examples of one, nothing games that can be exciting where teams go back and forth and kind of at each other's necks, especially in the finals when there's so much on the line like this, especially players like Yannick Hansen. I know he's not necessarily like a huge name guy, and we traded him not too long after this run that they had. But I just saw, like, a highlight, and it was, like, Henrik Sedin just went over the blue line, took a slap shot that didn't even have a chance of going in. And then Yannick Hansen, like, bursted from, like, 18 feet back and bursted through the Bruins' D-man and almost had a scoring chance. And I was like, it's, like, it's, like, jitterbugs like that that make playoffs exciting. Mm-hmm. who are basically playing for minutes, right? So that's, yeah, that's kind of something I caught. I was, well, uh, was going to say, like, the, well, the guys that I like, are, like the depth guys on Vancouver, like the Hansons, the Chris Higgins, Mason yeah. Raymonds as like middle six guys who can contribute up and down the lineup. You don't want them on your top line, but if they're yeah. on your second or third line, then you got something good going on there. Yeah, I was just about to say Higgins is like a guy that can go up and down, play up and down the line, yeah, fill in for any injury that's there. But he gelled really well with Kessler, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it was like almost like a like a Besser PD kind of thing. They just worked, they just worked really well. Absolutely. Um, also, again, another guy I want to shout out is Manny Maholtra, who made his return yeah. in the series. He got eleven After minutes. The- after the eye injury. Yeah, it was. That was a, that playoff run, right? That was that playoff run. He came back yeah. in game one, I believe it was. And yeah. and was a, a significant contribute. I mean, face-off guy, right? He's taking a face-off. Oh, yeah. Over. He's not doing a whole lot outside of that. But it, it's also, as, as much as it is someone who you're trying to get to make a, a positive contribution, he is like a symbol in the locker room of somebody you want to play yeah. for. Yeah. Oh, 100%. So. He was automatic in the face-off draw too. He, like his percentage was so high, is unreal. 
Like, he would basically, on the power play, take the face off and then go change for someone else. Yeah, like just win the draw, get us possession, and then get the hell off the ice. Get get get, <laughs> get Hank or somebody else yeah. out there to, to actually play the power play. Yeah, he's like, uh, it's like lacrosse. People lacrosse <laughs> just, just take the opening draw and then run off the floor and then put another offensive guy out there. I, um... Yeah. Going back, yeah, going back to my lax experience, I love when like the guys who like who are just primarily there to take draws, right? That's all they yeah, do. Yeah, just face off guys. Face off guys, and then they, but they always like joke or like they they told me pregame, it's like, oh yeah, I'm netting a hattie tonight. It's like you just take draws, man. <laughs> like what are you talking about? Like you just take draws. It's like no, 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 hattie tonight against New West. You watch. It's just like I, I, I don't know, man. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that, Chief. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Um, the, I don't have. I'm curious. My next segment I is called Pierre Maguire NBC Mike checks because I have the yeah. American feed for the game. Um, I don't really have any Pierre Maguire. I mean, there wasn't anything too outrageous. I thought said in this game or too ironic um do you what are your thoughts on broadcasters like do you have a, a favorite broadcaster or a or like a person that you really like listening to call a game um any specific sport or just in general primarily hockey but if you got anybody okay. in any sport because i mean i i personally i'm 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 somebody who prefers nbc in the american feed than the canadian feed because i just feel okay. like the, Amer- the american feed is dumbed down a little bit for yeah. hockey compared to the canadian feed but that's just my opinion i don't know if you have a different opinion okay so all time is mike Tarico for all yes. sports yes. he does he does everything well um formerly retired bob cole he was my favorite and then current is actually kind of funny is like i said that he was my favorite i have this habit lately that any person i pick gets immediately mushed the only one that wasn't mushed was awesome matthews i picked him to win the rocket this year and yeah. he ultimately did but other than that we can go into it later but i picked uh jim hewson i really like oh, him yeah. as a broadcaster i think he calls games very well and then a month later, I look on Twitter and Jim Houston's trending on Twitter, and I'm like, okay, let's see what what did this guy do? Is there any allegations towards him? And then it's just a bunch of people saying how much they hate Jim Houston, and I was like, is he that bad? <laughs> like, I just you know, picked him I, as my I, favorite. I, I liked him calling Leafs games. I think he was. I think yeah. he was good for calling Leafs games, but now because. So now with Sportsnet, they got Chris Cuthbert, I think, during the bubble, wasn't it? Or like at like between, he's still doing games right now. He's still though. doing games right now, but in the bubble, yeah. I think Cuthbert moved to Sportsnet from TSN. Yeah, and, yeah, he did. And Houston, I think, because he was worried about COVID, because he's like in his sixties or something, he was worried about catching it, so he only did Canucks games because he's from Vancouver. I like Houston. I think he's a good broadcaster. Um, Bob Cole is just a great listen, no matter what yeah. game. Montreal playoff games against like Boston or Washington or anything, and him calling like PK Subban, like that PK Subban breakaway goal out of the box. Yeah. And just hearing Bob Cole's call on that is, it gives me chills every single time. That may be one of the greatest Montreal Canadian goals of all time is that breakaway PK Subban goal, just based off the energy of the Bell Center, um, the stakes. 
um, situation that the Habs just uh, killed a penalty and they sprung PK on a breakaway. And the Sally was all time. So, and Bob Cole's call, obviously, but just that whole whatever happened in that like 10 second span was just whew, getting chills thinking about that. But yeah, Bob Cole, I think he was my favorite. And then currently Jim Houston right now. The great save Luongo oh. is just like, gosh. That's iconic. Yeah, it's iconic. But um, I, I was going to say, do you have like, do you have any thoughts on like John Shorthouse and John Garrett who are doing mostly doing Canucks games now? Do you like listening to them or are you a fan of theirs? Eh, they're okay. Yeah. John Garrett's one of the biggest homers of all time and it's kind of annoying. Even, <laughs> Anything... even as a Nuts fan? Oh, it's. I can't stand it. Like, even because I, I consider myself a realist. Mm-hmm. I'm not someone like I am a. I'm a Habs fan after the Canucks. If what a like Canucks are in the playoffs, if it's Montreal versus Vancouver, I'm cheering for Vancouver. But I want the Habs to win when they're not playing Vancouver, kind of thing. And I know that the Habs should not be in the position that they're in right now, right? Like yes. I know that. And there's Habs fans out there that are saying that. You know, like they're the call, like cup run. Here we come. I'm like, hey, no, like you're gonna play Colorado and Vegas in the next round. You're gonna get pumped. But yeah, so I'm a realist. So whenever I see like, I don't know, like uh, Markstrom or Demko get like skimmed on the helmet or the mask, and John Garrett's like frailing his arms for goalie interference i'm like john would you settle down okay you're gonna have an aneurysm trying to freaking out about this <laughs> like that wasn't interference like this guy's just a homer and it's kind of annoying but i like john shorehouse he has a good voice for radio and stuff like that yeah. but john garrett kind of kills the mood in my opinion but uh yeah, do you i don't know an, not much do you, you can I, really I, do about it i was gonna say do you have an opinion on jack edwards who does brilliant local oh, games for god <laughs> terrible he's worse than john garrett we're i think he's probably the worst like if you if you're oh. from boston you're gonna disagree with me he's but terrible pro- worst play-by-play local guy in the league oh he's awful he's awful but um doc emmerich he was good too doc like emmerich i like that's why i got the mvc feeds in our in our google yeah. doc of like full yeah. games is, is doc emmerich is just he's doc- he's top three all time yeah he he oh, he's so good. He calls. He might even be top two, but I just really like Bob Cole. He's my favorite. In terms of American roster, American broadcasters, yeah. I think it's Doc Emmerich and Gary yeah. Thorne are like the two yeah. guys who are up there. He but... hit the post with the shot. <laughs> it's <a> classic <laughs> NHL call. <laughs> uh, the, he got waffle boarded. That's probably my favorite one. Is like, yeah. he got waffle boarded. <laughs> yeah. When they and then when they announced like they made that a thing in Shell, it's just like what the fuck's waffle boarded? Like, what yeah. Um. So pretty much again. Yeah. Like, I I got a question. I got a question. Yes. So, disp- take chemistry out sure. because you know, like, um, broadcasters, there's the same two on every. If you could cross connect uh analyst, uh color commentator and a play by play guy, 
Who are your three guys? It doesn't have to be the same, like, duo that call games. Like, you can just take one, like, John Shorthouse and Craig Simpson, like, that kind of thing. And if, like, for an example, but. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say um, who's a play by play. I like Kenny Albert at NBC. Yep. I'm gonna say Kenny Albert calls the game. I'm gonna say Mickey Redman because I'm a Red Wings homer. I I oh, love, okay. I love looking listening to uh, yep. Mickey Redman. He's a great listen. He's a little bit of a homer, but he's also a bit of like he's become more of a realist now that the team's been shit. Where it's just yeah. like, come on, Fabry, what are you doing? Like that sort of stuff, which I, yeah. I can appreciate. Um, and then a third person. Who's my third person who I want calling the game? It's hmm. a really good question. Oh. God, I got so many different options here as to where. Oh, I there's. Go. Uh, I'm I'm looking at the list I, right now, and there's I'm, so many good players on good uh good guys on here. I, I'm I'm gonna say I do I, I'm I might be a homer for the Americans, but I I've been listening to Joe Micheletti lately and he does the game yeah. with Albert and it's it's such a good listen. He may not be the smartest guy, might not be the smartest tool in the shed, but his voice sounds really good. Cause the difference the difference between and I'm not trying to say that Canadian broadcasters are shit. Like I like listening to a game on Sportsnet. I mean you could do the thing. You could throw Gord Gord Miller in there. Ray Ferraro do really good. Like Gord Miller and Ray Ferraro do really Gord, good juniors broadcast. Gord Miller is really good. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean the different the difference with like the Americans is that I feel like the American broadcast they just they're just they're there to entertain. They don't really care about the hockey. They're just there to entertain you. I mean, they, yeah. they do like some of the hockey, but if the goal is just to entertain people, because that's the American way. Whereas Canadians are just so into hockey and it's all about the hockey. Um, I mean, TSN, I'm really just, I don't know about you, but I'm disappointed that the hockey uh, package moved from TSN to Sportsnet. Like I still think Sportsnet had some good people and, and good people who are calling games, but I just liked what uh, TSN was doing before they moved the package. To yeah. You s- yeah. It's uh, they're kind of lacking right now in terms of NHL games, but. I mean, who, who's just, your who I was gonna say who's your three? Um, so if I had to pick, you see, I don't want to be boring, so I guess I can kind of no, no, be boring. I, I don't mind. I, I don't mind. But I'm pretty boring because because I like I I I already like the duo of Jim Houston and Craig Simpson. I think they're mm-hmm. I think they're good together. So. But I'll kind of branch out. I'll replace Jim Houston with Chris Cuthbert just to be different. Sure. Because I, if I obviously had to pick a non-retired guy, I'm picking Bob Cole. But um, I like Craig Simpson touching in on opinions and stuff like that. And then give me Ray Ferraro between the benches yeah, all day, all so day. Good. I I just I love he's always a hundred percent. He's just like he tells it how he tells it how it is. And keeps it a hundred every time he's talked. So, and he's funny. So never, never misses a beat. He's got a good personality. Oh, hundred percent. Like it's just, it's a, it's a guy, especially world juniors. Like that's what I think has made the world juniors too. So good is him and Gord just have really good, like dynamic connections and they can just be off once one another. And and it's just great to listen to. Yeah. 
100 percent totally agree Going back to game five, uh, do you have any final thoughts or takeaway? I mean, we might, maybe we'll get you back on for game seven so you can talk about the riots, but do you have, do you have any thoughts that on game five on Maxime Lapierre scoring a goal in, in a Stanley Cup finals game? Uh, what are your thoughts from game five, final thoughts on game five? Well, I'll tell you that that Selly from Maxime Lapierre was 10 out of 10. When I saw When I saw that, I was like, that's the most like pure celebration from a fourth liner I've ever seen in my life. The like the choppy they're running on the ice and then doing the fist pump a bunch of times. It's like that's a guy who doesn't score a goal a lot and doesn't know what to do. But the celebration was ten out of ten. And yeah, I don't know. I just like from the team, Kessler like he completely mopped the floor in terms of Selkie voting. I don't know if you saw it. I have the votes here. What do you have for Selkie votes? So, I never actually, like, knew how many votes per award. It's different for yeah, each it's, one. Yeah, it's all different because there's different, like, because media votes on one, and then there's, like, writers who vote, and then coaches. So, so, I'll move from five to Kessler. Okay. So... Malholcher finished fifth with 229 votes. Ooh. Bergeron got started early at the age of 25 with that, 296. I was, was going to say, that's when he finally started coming into yeah. his own right then. Yeah, 296. Datsuk finished third with 348. Jonathan Taves finished second with 476. Kessler finished first. Take a guess. And... I don't know if you looked it up already. I have, I have no idea what the Selkie results like. Is, is he like near like a thousand? One thousand one hundred and seventy nine votes. Yeah. He wiped the floor in Selkie votes. Oh my god, <laughs> that's so impressive. Um, yeah, that that was his third time being nominated, and his first win, he just completely, he almost like tripled second place. Yeah. No, he he was he. I, we've talked about this again a bit earlier, but like this was like the peak for everybody on the Canucks, like yeah. peak Sedins, peak Kessler. Peak he had forty-one Le- tucks that year. Yeah, he had eighty points. Yeah. Peak Luongo, maybe. Um, you can make the argument the Olympics were peak Luongo, like the year before. Well, I mean, yeah. But uh, we're not been in the same. Yeah, the year before. Yeah, I keep thinking the Olympics happened in 2011. No. But, uh, yeah, the year before, Luongo played good in the Olympic run. So, yeah, it, was... there, there's like, a, a, and this is like the Bruins who are like still a little bit youngish, who are still coming into their own, but you got really hot goaltending from Tim Thomas. Uh, yeah. You got terrific plays from Lucic, as we talked about earlier, Patrice Bergeron making quite a few plays. Uh, even their depth guys of Peverly, Daniel Paye, Recky, Recky, like those guys making huge, Chris yeah. Kelly making huge contributions. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's why we're calling it the last great Stanley Cup Finals because there was, you know, all the drama, the conflict, the entertainment from all these games. Um, Tim Thomas, Tim Thomas stirring Long. the pot every single game. It, it's just terrific, man. It's just great hockey. Yeah. You don't see yeah. that a whole lot now. Yeah. But bringing my point back to Kessler before I kind of went off the rails. Yes. It, he, like, he was 
one of their most valuable players on the team because he was a guy who did he was like a bootleg Nathan McKinnon. He would mm. dump the puck in and he would body, he would dig in the corners and then he could score a clutch goal on the power play that same game. And he he always left it out like a hundred percent on every shift. Just seeing that game, he had so much energy all the time. And yeah, he just kept it sturdy. So I think Kessler, man, he was such a huge part of that Stanley Cup run, especially against Nashville. He yeah. tore it up against Nashville. It's but, really too, it, it was gonna say yeah. it's really too bad how his career ended too. Like yeah. in Anaheim with just a, like the, the bad hip. Yeah, it's it's so weird. It's like he you saw him in the All Star game in like twenty was it like twenty uh fifteen? Yeah, twenty. I was gonna say fifteen. Twenty fifteen or sixteen. Yeah, twenty fifteen. Because I Besser was the year after. Yeah, um, that's right. His draft year. So, yeah, it's just like because that was Horvat's year, and I just saw Kessler, and I was like, I looked at his stats that year, and he had like close to seventy points. I'm like, he was still kicking it good on mm-hmm. Anaheim. And then now he's on LTIR hosting a Sportsnet program this week. And you can tune but, into that Sportsnet program. Yeah. Kess's house. Yeah, is it is it just like a sports like skill competition with a, with a bunch of random people? Is that what it is? Post Malone's involved. Yeah, I was just about to say that. Post it seems Mal- like seems like it seems cool, but I don't have a full grasp of. I don't know what exactly it what it is. I think it's uh, uh, Post Malone. I want to say Carolyn Cameron maybe involved. Maybe Bianca Andreescu is involved with. Uh, I, I think I, I think I saw that. Uh, uh, Jeannie Bouchard is involved. Uh, Josh Norris, um, and I think Post Malone. I have no idea what actually Kess's house is or what the I, point of it is, but. I think it's like. Uh... Is it a watch party? No, it's not a watch party. It's um, it's almost like a skill challenge kind of thing. Cause Kessler has a really nice house. I don't know if you saw, but he has like yeah, a they... putting green. He has like a water fountain in his backyard. There's a lot of things. It was like, does he even can he even pay for that house? He hasn't played in like two years, <laughs> and <laughs> and I was like, I was looking at. It, I was like, he has a full arcade. He has a, a shot, like an NHL, like a hockey simulator practice room or whatever to shoot pucks he has a practice screen basically looks like a driving range in his backyard he has a water fountain yeah it's a really nice property and i'm like you did you ever make over seven mil a year like, I, I, pull, I, pull, I pulled up his cap friendly do you know what ryan kessler's career earning estimated career earnings were Okay, so I'm assuming he just signed a series of like five year deals. He never went over that. I'm gonna assume. I can't. Uh, I can't remember any of the contracts he signed. He's currently but, on LT. He's currently on LTIR with the Ducks right now. Yeah, I know that. He's basically retired, but yeah. without the tag. Um, I'm gonna say his estimated career earnings are forty six million. No, way higher. It's it's seventy point eight. Really? That's his according to Cap Friendly, that's his estimated career earnings. Good for him. So he's able to He got to, drafted in 05, right? 03. 03. 
Um, that no, that was actually one of the best parts uh, during lockdown when we were doing content. And Scott and I did a 2003 NHL redraft, and I screwed him by putting uh, Kessler on the Kings, just just to piss him off since he's a Ducks fan. <laughs> I put him on, I put him on the Kings. He's like, "You're an asshole," and I'm just like, "I know." Uh, but Ryan Kessler, you can watch yeah. Kess's house. I don't know if they're doing more Kess's. I don't even know. I didn't even watch it. I just thought it was a weird thing, and it's like, cool, Ryan Kessler, a B-list. Was celebrity. it? Did it already happen? Yeah. It did. Yeah, they might do another one. When was it? Uh, according to uh, YouTube, four days ago. Really? I thought June, it was happening. June sixth. Like... Oh damn. Ryan, join Ryan Kessler, Jeannie Bouchard, Josh Norris, and Colby Armstrong, who I've met by the way, uh, oh. live for Game Three of the Canadians Jets Stanley Cup Final Playoff or Stanley Cup Playoff Series. Maybe it is a watch party. I thought it was like a skill challenge was happening because he was doing a bunch of funky stuff in his promotion. I thought but, it was just weird that Post Malone got involved. I was not expecting Post Malone. To... That's why I think it's like a skill challenge. It's like a bunch of different people doing random stuff. I don't know. Um, Which is, but I was also like, why would Sportsnet do this? I thought maybe like YouTube would pick it up or something. But I don't know. Anyways. Um, Who knows? Final thoughts uh, before we head out here for episode five of the last great Stanley Cup final. Um, thank you, Vancouver, for giving me an exciting Stanley Cup run. Unfortunate ending, but I mean, it's just like they, it's not like they had a down year the year after. They won the President's Trophy again the year after and then got absolutely dominated by LA. But at least we lost to the Stanley Cup champs. That's a that's a little yeah. thing you can. If you're gonna lose to anyone, it better be the stu- the cup champs because everyone lost to them. So, no, but yeah, that was a very fun era of the Canucks, and it was just like it's crazy because the only really stars that kind of stood out were like the Sedins, Luongo, and Kessler, and they weren't even like besides this like the Sedins were the only like stars on the team. Mm-hmm. everyone else just like had a good year we were like the vegas knights with like a couple better superstars on the yeah. team just a bunch of like victor oreskovich tanner glass maxime lapierre jeff tambolini like, yeah it was like these guys were athletic trainers at gold's gym like four days ago and now they're in the Stanley <laughs> Cup final it's like <laughs> they were in Terry Fox Hockey Academy like two <laughs> minutes ago, <laughs> and now they're playing in the Cup Finals. So it's kind of crazy. They were they were playing uh, adult safe hockey at thirty eight <laughs> rinks, and now they're all of a sudden playing in the final. So you love to yeah. see it. Yeah. Uh, no, but it was a it was a fun time, and I hope it happens sooner rather than later. But well, one can always hope. Yeah, I just hope that they do it correctly and don't try to get ahead of themselves because I know they were close. Um, not like when they were seven minutes away from Western Conference Final in the bubble. But I mean, like, I think that was just a string of good hockey we were playing. I don't think we actually deserved to beat in that spot because nope. we got absolutely dominated this year. We finished last in the division, so didn't really set up set us up well but don't worry you'll trade for eichel over the offseason and that'll <laughs> beat the team 
Yo, I heard we're shopping our ninth pick, and I'm just really nervous about what Jim and Jim Benning is planning on doing. But at least we got Ian Clark back, so that's all I care about. Big day for Ian's. Big day for yeah. Ian. You love to see. Yeah. Him. Quick thing, I got a question yes. before we head out. Yeah. I thought of this at work, and I thought it was actually a pretty good question. And it's more of a frustration on my part, but I sure. I assume other people are frustrated as well. What are you more frustrated about? That Vegas is exempted from the expansion draft or that Tampa is playing 17 mil over the cup, over the cap. What makes you more frustrated? I guess Vegas being exempt, but I don't really like, I I've kind of got past the point of being angry with the NHL because the NHL is just so inept and how they yeah. do things that I don't really, I don't really care. And the Tampa thing is just them exposing a loophole. Yeah. Like they legally are not doing anything wrong. Yeah. Vegas is not really legally doing anything wrong, but I mean, Vegas should probably have somebody taken away from them. But what? Because I, I know people are like, would you be saying the same thing if they weren't an absolute wagon? And I'm like, honestly. Probably not, but I'd still be confused about the rule. It's like, you're a new team, but you don't have to do the same thing as the other teams. No, but it's here's like, the thing. But here's the thing: the NHL is so it's just filled with confusing rules that yeah, this just adds to the confusing rules, and yeah, it it's wild. makes life a, a living hell for people who are trying to cover or or even new fans who are like, I don't understand why Vegas is exempt or why Tampa Bay is 18 million over the cap. Yeah. Like, Neither do any of us. We're just going along with the punches. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's wild, but no. Game five was exciting. It was an overall exciting series, and it just still is very kind of sad to think about because it's a fun cup run to watch. Mm-hmm. But then you you when you realize what the outcome is, it's just like it makes you want to turn it off. When you realize your but, team is involved and you actually have stakes in this, then it's actually depressing. But, like, I did at the beginning of quarantine. Like, I watched some of the cup, Stanley Cup run, and mm-hmm. I was like, this team was, like, so exciting, but it's just, like, I know what happened, so it's, like, I just don't want to get if too you, high on these If games. you watch Game 7, like, especially, like, the first 10, 15 minutes of Game 7 when the Canucks come out, like, just aggressive, they look much better. And then you're yeah. like, how did the Canucks not win this series, especially Game Seven? Yeah. And it's just, one bad, one bad goal, and then everything turned upside down. It's like the Maple Leafs now, where it's just like yeah. when they get to those clutch games, and it's like, ah, we don't, we don't know how to score. We don't know how yeah. to play in these clutch games. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jevin, thank you very much for taking the time to do this, man. It's greatly appreciated. No, uh, thank you for having me. This has been episode five of the Last Great Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, be sure to watch our full video on YouTube. Check us out on Spotify, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Uh, by the way, uh, new Speak Your Peace hoodies in now. What are yours today? You know what? DM us, reach us, reach, reach out at us, holler at us. Uh, and if you have a problem with selections, just go blame Scotty. I'll DM you his address <laughs> if you have an issue. Thank you very much for listening. Peace out.